I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. This is the big match preview. We are in the home straight, it would appear. The takeover, according to Rick Everett, is a done deal. And we hope to find out maybe within the next few days uh, that that is the case and that Rick hasn't got it wrong, but I don't think he will have because that is very unlikely. Good evening. Welcome to Charlton Live. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley is Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Good day. Good day to you. Yeah, good. Yeah. That'd be yeah, em- em- yeah, embarrassing if it turns out not to be the Australians <laughs> after that. <laughs> I'm glad the impression was yeah. uh, obvious enough as Australian. Yeah, what, what sort of mood would you say you're in today? Buoyant. Buoyant. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. I'm, I'm on in the camp that says it's done, dusted, happy. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident. Joining the pair of us here at the Valley to discuss uh, today's happenings is Mr. Nathan. What are you doing, Nathan? Living the dream, mate. You living? You living the dream? Yeah. You is are. this too quiet? No, no. no you're all right. Yeah. yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not too. Uh, He's not as comfortable. I am. Though. I am buoyant, but not as good. buoyant as Mr. Bowling. I've, I'm, uh, I've had a Lucas aid, to be fair. Oh, I've had a Red Bull. Oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> no pun. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Right, on tonight's show, we are, of course, going to chat about the update that's come out today from Rick Everett that he believes that the takeover is a done deal here at the Valley. Unfortunately, therefore, we're not going to do Charlton Players as Biscuits as we had been promising. Uh, Regan Charles Cookie, uh, Bob N. Reeves, uh, Hob Nabisar, uh, Digest Steve Brown. Right, that's that, that's that out of the window. <laughs> we're going to hear from uh, Carl Robinson. Uh, he, he had a, a few words to say about Richard Murray's update uh, about the takeover last night. He's also, as we go on past the, the takeover, we will talk about football as well um, Steffi Mavadidi's injuries uh, Josh McGuinness's performances during the week and of course look ahead to Saturday's game up at uh, Doncaster as well but the main news today is that Rick Everett has tweeted that he believes the takeover here at the Valley is a done deal he said that he believed the price is around £45 million which is outrageous when you think that Roland bought the club for I think was it was it eight, about £18 million mm. something along those lines uh, although if you look at the money he's then put into the club I think hopefully hopefully he's still making a loss overall uh, but we'll find out again as we go on um, and uh, yeah, so that's what Rick, Rick has had to say. Tom, your initial reaction to the news? I mean, this could be huge news here at the Valley. Um, it, it could be the end of really one one of the most difficult periods in our history. Yeah, and usually when I see see it break and then you see all the speculation, I'm a little bit wary. But uh, it feels different. It feels like you know, with with Rick tweeting things about imminent uh, and things happening over the the last few months, um, and then kind of as far as your average fan is concerned, nothing seems to be happening, or certainly it's moving very slowly. 
I don't think he would tweet something like done deal unless he was pretty confident. Um, I mean, I'm sure there'll be a couple of things still to be ironed out and probably not expecting an official announcement for at least a few days. But if the price has been agreed, then that, that's probably the main sticking point. Like you say, obviously, I'm not trying to now nitpick and look for negatives. But if Roland's made any money out of this, I'd be I'd be fuming. But, <laughs> but uh, to be honest... Let's just get rid of him. Um, yeah. Let's just get it done. Forget about that and try and move on. I mean, the, I mean, with the the price quoted there from 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 Rick Ever, which he said forty five million pounds. And what we don't know is how that deal structured. Yeah. You know, it could easily be that you get twenty five million pounds up front and you get another whatever when we get to the Premier League or something like that. It could be all up front. We don't know. Also, I mean, that that you're right in saying that. I think he's pumped in a bit more than that, and so this would effectively be in someone else is paying for his mistakes in the main but he still lost a little bit but I mean uh, Nathan where were you when, you when you heard the news what's your initial reaction to it uh, I was on the train I was on the train I can't remember that's not important just <laughs> yeah no yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah no I, again you know it's great it's great news but um, yeah it seems more promising than it has been but uh, I won't get to I won't crack up the crack open the tequila yet though um, but even though it's probably <laughs> the end the end is near I think, um, well, I hope. But just obviously, I'll wait. I think the price as well suggests because a lot of people are worried about the is he going to keep parts of the club in terms of the training ground Mm. and the stadium and stuff. You expect that value that that's not going to be the case, um, which obviously, (laughs) as fans, we want to hear anyway. But Mm. as we said, the majority I know he spent a, a fair amount on transfer fees perhaps at the start, but. Or certainly over inflated wages, but wasted. I think yeah, a yeah. Way, a lot of his money has gone on the training ground as well. So you'd hope that that price includes that. Um, certainly, if the investors coming in have got any sense. Now I spoke to Rick uh, earlier on. Uh, he, he wasn't available to come onto the show, but uh, I did. I did ask him, and he, he sort of said he, he obviously didn't expect an announcement today, which I had uh, confirmed elsewhere as well. Um, he said his understanding is there. The, the agreement is there. He put he's put this on the message boards as well, so it's not like it's not like I'm breaking any confidences here. But um, he's, uh, he's he's his understanding is it's the the price is agreed. That that part of the deal is done. There's just one or two little things that need to go through, as you said, Tom. Uh, some sort of process. Uh, but he said he said he didn't know exactly what it is. But he said he had a very good source, uh, and he couldn't really say much more than that. So that's what we're uh, expecting. But he also he also said he couldn't he wasn't a hundred percent certain who the owners are going to be. Now uh, he tweeted a few days ago. I think that to put your money on the Australians. I think Rich Corley uh, put today something about Australians as well. Um, so that seems to be. It. I mean. That's what you're expecting. Whether it's an Australian backer with British people here in the country to deal with it, that's one thing that's possible. Could be a fully Australian consortium that, that we don't know the full details of. So I mean, that that is one of the the weirder things about this is we're we're now so close, but we still don't know exactly who it's going to be and who's going to take over the club. And I guess in a way we are sort of taking a, another step into the darkness in that case. Yeah, I um, I mean, whoever takes it, I've obviously I, none of us know so the joy of uh, surprises I suppose but for me the main thing is having a CEO or a figurehead of some sort who knows football for, for one um, and if they're any sort of if they're child related even better but the main thing yeah is, is that they know football because I think like, over the past few years of the, the people that have been in charge it's obviously not proved to be very successful understatement of the year but yeah that's my main concern and I suppose it will just we'll just wait and see who these people are or per, uh, person I don't know who it is um, but yeah it is exciting but mm. for me yeah, it's just making sure we get the right structure in place so then, and then I'll be, be look forward to seeing a few fans or many many fans coming back because that'll be uh, be nice to see 
Hmm. Uh, the uh, uh, well, one of the things that, that, that Rick has, has tweeted about as well on one of the, of the forums, which is something that we uh, a lot of us know you, you've heard about over the years, is uh, there are some former directors who have loans within the club. I think they come to about seven million pounds, uh, and any sort of takeover. Uh, how, how those loans would be dealt with again without knowing the full ins and outs how, how that could be dealt with Rick says that could possibly be the thing that's holding it up uh, Freddie's tweeted in uh, another guest as well he said um, that the famous EFL fit and uh, proper test might still need to be done he said that he said he believed that held up the Oldham takeover and possibly the Wigan one uh, as well so I mean um, he says uh, I think saying the next few days is a bit optimistic but um, you know like I say Rick and I've spoke to people and just find, try and find out a little bit more from, from people who might know a little bit more and you know the next few days may not be optimistic which is what we're hoping um, but I mean uh, the EFL fit and proper test is obviously something that we're hoping is going to be a bit more rigorous this time I was going to say yeah if you're not in jail you're pretty much past it don't yeah. you I think you don't have to it seems pretty easy to get through and we've seen owners far worse than Roland in terms of their their history and their dealings uh, get through that so yeah on the one hand I think it's not going to be difficult for them to fail on the other hand it it perhaps isn't that much of an indicator of who the person is but I only uh, echo what what Naif said really that you know our concern is that they have football and Charlton at the forefront of their planning and they take us seriously and realise the potential in the club and you know, you've got to be an owner of a football club. Really, as a custodian, you know, you you do put a lot of money into it. But at the end of the day, your your investment, perhaps, you're not going to see that much from. But it's the chance to to get us back to where we belong, which is probably championship at, at minimum. Yeah, Nathan, what, what do you think about the fact that someone is willing to pay forty five million pounds for Charlton now? Because do you think Aston Villa, when they got sold to the uh, the doctor a couple of years ago, I think I vaguely remember that being about forty million pounds, mm-hmm. and that was a team that just come out of the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, now, for, I mean, forty-five million pounds seems like an obscenely high amount for Charlton. Now, you know, like I say, it probably is is a case of Roland put this money into the club as, as a loan as such, and I think he was hoping for some sort of return on that. Obviously, if he has made a loss still, but less of a loss if he gets a big asking price. Now, so you're looking at someone who's happy to pay that sort of money for this club, whether it be upfront or in a structured deal, deal which we don't know yet. Well, I mean, what, what does that say about their aims for the club mm-hmm. and? You know how deep their pocket is. I mean, yeah. is that something that you know? I guess there's two schools of thought. You think they've got more money than sense, <laughs> or is, is one thing. Well, the other hope is they have a lot of sense. They just so happen to have a lot of money as well, so they don't mind spending it. Yeah, no, exactly both. Um, I don't know. I think Wolves went for something similar as well. So obviously, two things strike me is firstly that um, Roland's quite a shrewd businessman. Is if he's got forty five million pound, if that is what it is. Um, and then, yeah, like you say about the owners, they must have some sort of uh, fluidity in terms of cash because, obviously, without knowing the full details of how much up front, etc., etc., um, like you say, to spend £45 million on a you know, a decent League One club at the moment, um, but the potential's there, which I think a lot of that value is probably on potential and the training ground and the ground, etc., it must, you know, I, I can't think it's not going to be your Joe Bloggs down the road, is it? So um, I think they're going to have, I think they're going to have big pockets, but I'm not expecting like a Man City, a Man City sort of person. No. Well, we can hope, but I don't know. But I, I yeah, hopefully, um, when the details come out, we'll obviously know more about it, who the person is, and what his background was, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, Tom, when when you look at any new owner coming in, if you if you had to set him a few. You know, short-term targets. So, let's say for the rest of this season. Now, we know that the the transfer window is closed. There's nothing much we can do on that unless there's 
uh, free agents that we want to pick up. So we we know we know what that is. I mean, what what would you hope from a new owner between now and the end of the season? They'll look at the manager who's been linked with Barnsley in the, in the, in the mirror this evening, which is quite interesting, which mm. we'll come on to later. Uh, they'll they'll look at that. They'll 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 look at the fans' relationships. They'll look at the fact that it is a squad that's probably going to challenge for the playoff this year we, we hope as well I mean what, what, what would you hope that whoever it is can achieve within the next three or four months in, in terms of quick wins I think there are some quick wins in there I think yeah first and foremost it's it's stability um, that obviously in the form of the manager um, as you say he has been linked away but for me he remains the right man for the job and should certainly stay through to the summer and see this project through um, there's also the fans and they're, they're again are quick wins to get them back I mean obviously football for a five are coming up um, if that was to if this was to go through before that that would be amazing but there are other ways that they can try and entice fans back for the remainder of the season um, things they can do with the season ticket deals next year that kind of stuff um, and then also again not necessarily a quick win but something they need to do straight away is start to look to the summer because as we said last week the, the transfers or the low knees that we've got are all going to go and we're going to have to rebuild in the summer so give Carl his budget now um, start to identify players and let us know what we can do so that in the summer the longer term strategies of buying players finishing the training ground and all those longer term projects can get underway rather than mm. kind of being left just to to sort of hang out to dry and at the risk of putting a bit of a dampener on it Nath now mm. um Obviously, this is something that Charlton fans have been building up for for years now. This 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 moment that's, that's going to come up hopefully within the next week or so. Um, when it comes, I mean, it's going to be there's going to be drinks down the road to Denmark. There's going to be people going to the game. All of a sudden, you weren't going to go. Like I say, if it's in time for football for a fiver, that could be a special day in terms of attendance. Mm, that's now, one nil loss. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's what I think it was Gary Saunders who tweeted on Twitter oh, earlier said something along the lines of everyone's going to be there. It's going to be the best day ever until we lose three 0 or something. But, um, <laughs> but um, I mean, in, in terms of the build-up that we're going to give this, it will be quite strange how after it happens, after the euphoria of when it happens, it, it will be pretty much just back down to earth and just back to the day-to-day running of a football club, I think. And I guess that's something that we have to prepare ourselves for. It's something we're really looking forward to and hopefully over the next few years it's going to be something great. But it's not something that's going to turn around the, the mm. fortune of the club in the space of 10 days. I mean, look at Leighton Orient. I was saying to someone the other day, you know, Leighton Orient's media strategy for when they got taken over was brilliant. Like They, they started using the hashtag our club their um, you know, their their new owner and their new director of football was straight on BBC Radio London speaking about it. Everyone was really happy. Then they started playing football. <laughs> it was <laughs> dreadful. So I mean, there there is there is sort of we have to be prepared for the euphoria is going to die down after this happens as well, and just be prepared to get back to normal and hope that we start steadily building up again. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think the euphoria is obviously going to take place because obviously of him going, um, and also the build up of the the work that a lot of people. Um, that have put into uh, the Roland out and you know everything else. It's it's a big, big, massive weight off. I think of a lot of people's shoulders and uh, yeah. So you know we'll have all have a, a little uh, drink and a disco dance, whatever you want to call it. And then uh, yeah, like exactly you said, what Roland would have wanted, I <laughs> And then yeah, it's going to come crashing down to earth. As long as we're not expecting, yeah, we get new new owners, so we're going to blooming sign um, you know who are all these free transfers and all these top players and that. We, we might do, but we do have to concentrate on getting out of this league whether it's this year or next and um but it's the start of a new beginning um and i think that's what i think a lot of people are looking forward to a clean slate yeah exactly that tom i was going to say i mean the 
you know, whereas, you know, it will almost be a case of overnight, all this bad feeling between uh, supporters and, and, and what was then the club, the board, will, will, will go overnight. And therefore, I mean, the atmosphere around the place could be so different overnight in terms of, you know, people coming back who haven't been there. Now, whether we're getting our hopes up too much in terms of how many people will come back, I'm sure football for a fiver, like I say, if that's done in time, will help. But, you know, we, we will see some, you know, I'm sure we'll see a, a pick up in the attendances. There'll be more old faces that you used to go and with and seeing who start coming back. And it will start to feel a little, we will start to feel like Charlton again, which is something we haven't really felt like for a little while. Yeah, and I, to be honest, I think with the squad we've got at the moment, I'm not sure how much the takeover is necessarily going to affect the players. It's not like we've got the Adaraviches and Yoni Bayouns and, and those sort of network players or anything. We've got a fairly good group who, under this regime, have been performing pretty well and seem pretty close-knit. So I can't see the takeover necessarily affecting them directly. The, obviously, the impact of more fans and the atmosphere in at games might well affect them, which is a result of the takeover. But... Yeah, I think the new owners, as and when they come in, there there are quick wins they can do to get some fans back through the doors. But some fans are going to take more convincing, um, and it's you know there are routines that they've dropped out of for the last couple of years, and you know do they want to submit back to that routine of going to football every other Saturday? What are the prices like? It, that kind of stuff. So um, those things they are going to take time, and it's it's a lot of work that Roland has has kind of destroyed over the last few years for those people. I hope that they give the new owners a chance and try and come back because we've seen what this place is like when it's full um, and we know that we have a, a big fan base there just waiting for us to, to pick up again um, but yeah it's certainly not going to be easy for them Chrissy T tweeted in earlier on this afternoon saying he's keep the keep the champagne on ice chaps he's looking forward to listening uh, tomorrow morning on his uh, commute in on South Eastern so that'll be a long show uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the good one from Colin Hart says hurry up Charlton live and start this was obviously before the show I need to hear voices not looking at tweets and words it's starting to feel like Christmas Eve as a kid again Merry Christmas to you <laughs> that's from Colin I mean that is uh, the, like I say I mean as the anticipation is really building now and I mean I, I turned on notifications for when Charlton tweeted today. So every time Charlton tweeted, flashed up on my phone, and there was them Austin Powers memes and stuff. <laughs> but it is something certainly we're looking forward to. Now, Max uh, St. John Brown said, I, for one, would love the buyers to be Red Bull, even though the crest would probably change and we'd be known as Charlton Red Bulls. Their history of taking over clubs speaks for itself. Whoever the buyer is, hopefully the crowds will grow and promotion is on the cards coming you red. Now, I don't believe it's going to be the Red Bull. I mean, I could be proved wrong. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of fans who have things to say about badges and names changing. I'm not even sure if they'd be able to do that if you look what whole City Tigers tried to do. Mm. Uh, so we don't know. Now, Jamie Boxall, uh, the uh, Charlton YouTuber, says, uh, is, uh, is it within the realms of possibility, though, for the new owner to be even worse than our current one? Hashtag Mike Ashley. Of course it is. I mean, see, anything's possible. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> this is Charlton we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. But uh, again, I think it will all stem down to what I said earlier in terms of the, uh, the structure they bring in. Um... I mean, I think Roland came in with with a plan, or with with his plan anyway. Um, and it, we sort of knew from from the get go it was never going to work with the players that we were getting. We had Turan turn up and whoever else we had, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, so he's he's got a valid point. We could be celebrating for something that could be even worse. But I don't want to burst anyone's bubble. So uh, it's possible, of course it is. But <laughs> I don't I I don't think. I think people might have done a bit... I don't know, maybe Murray's done a bit of homework on these ones. I don't know, maybe. Maybe a lot of people just looked into it a little bit more mm. to see what, they are, what, you know, what their aims are to, not just to sort of farm players. Yeah, Finchie said, uh, new owners have a wealth of people who are fans with experience to call on. They really should tap in to the expertise. And obviously that was one of the main things that 
Uh, Roland and Katrine didn't do. They didn't call on the, the supporters who have been around the club. They didn't listen to uh, supporters who worked within the club. And if you read The Voice of the Valley and uh, got the hint I said about the uh, Katrine's final goodbye trying to come out a few weeks ago, she tried to... Uh, you know, bought disciplinary proceedings against Ollie Groom, the club mm. journalist, who's a huge Charlton fan as well, always has been, used to be on this show as well, of course. Uh, because of and and, and because uh, from my understanding, is because he would sometimes say, "Oh, you know, you want to turn the home kit to white." I advise you don't do that. You know, it, mm. they they were literally not listening to the advice of Charlton people, mm. and 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 using that against them, and that's what it sounded like. So I mean, there is there's. I mean, I'm sure Card and his, his supporters trust and, and fan groups of Belgium 20, they'd be willing to help any new owner to, to come in and, and settle down and get their feet under the table and learn what this club's all about. Yeah, definitely. And they've got, like like Nave said, they've got such a wealth of people they can call upon, not just the protest groups, but just, just fans who come every week, fans who've stayed away, you know, make contact with them. Why are you staying away? What is it that you found so difficult over the last few years? All kinds of things like that. And... You would think with with Roland being as bad as he has been from that PR perspective and that engagement with the fans, it's such an easy thing for new owners to see. You know, why were fans unhappy? There it is. Let's do the opposite and let's try and get people back. And yeah, it remains to be seen exactly who these new owners are and where their priorities do lie. Um, obviously, we hope they're they're nowhere near what we've got at the moment. Um, but if if they've got anywhere close to Charlton or Charlton anywhere close to their heart, then then that's what they do, and and it will make their job so much easier because those people know the club and and they're the people to call upon. Keith Sell agrees with Finch. He says you're not wrong. Charlton must be the most inventive, tenacious, and absolutely loyal fans in the country. Just look at the history, and it goes back way past the Valley Party and sellout to when the Glicksteins owned the club. I mean, we've got. I mean, we've we've got history. I know we've seen the um, uh, the. Uh, you know the protests that we've seen over the last the last few weeks. That that sort of fan power we've seen it before with the Valley Party back in the day. You know these Charlton fans come out for their club and they do what it takes for their club. And like I say, they'd be more than happy to help help a new owner. And that's a, accept the help is, is is what you need to do. Yeah, no, I mean we've been um, innovative in sort of all the protests. It's not just been a simple march, or you know it's been very innovative. And uh, but like like you said. You know, you've got people like Rick who's got a massive amount of experience from working at the club, and mm. there's a lot of other people that have left the club that obviously they could call upon. And I just, I think with, with Charlton fans, it, the, the, we don't actually ask for a lot. You know, we're not asking to be mm. the Man United, Man Cities of the world. You know, we just want to probably run club, listen to the fans now and again. We know that, you know, there's we're going to have differences of opinion because you know that's just the way of the world. But um, I just think we just want to have a nice, respectable club, an honest club. Um, and then hopefully, fingers crossed, that's what we, what we get in the near future. Will Bollin says that maybe the new owners want no future Roland payments or interaction and therefore are happy to pay more up front, uh, i.e. we keep sell-on fees, no money to Roland on promotion, etc. And he says, I'm liking the new owners more and more, uh, even though we don't <laughs> actually know who, who they are. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, again, that's, that's a, a, you know, a, a guess as such from Will. None of us really know the structure of the deal yet or... You know, if anyone does know that they're, you know, they're, they're not in a position to share it yet, at least. So, mm. like I said, these are all things that will probably come out in the wash in the, in the next few days, weeks, months, whatever it takes. But, you know, <laughs> the, the last line there, I'm, like, I'm liking the new owners more and more. I mean, literally, the amount of points you win for turning up and not being Roland Duchatelet is, out, is outrageous. Really. I mean, it's such, it's such a clean shake and it's such a, you know, there's going to be such an outpouring of goodwill towards the new owner purely because they're not the last owner. Yeah, definitely. And and you see just things like today when 
when Rick puts that tweet out, within 10 minutes, you've got people, like you say, subscribing to notifications. You've got people furiously refreshing. There's gifts going everywhere of people dancing and celebrating. Like the the clamour there for him to just be gone and for the takeover, everyone's so desperate for it to happen. And uh, yeah, so we're just clinging on to that now. And, and like he says, we've all kind of we're all just desperately hoping that this new owner is everything that we want uh, and like you say if he can be as far or the further away from what Roland is the better and I think we're all kind of hoping not necessarily guaranteeing but we're all hoping that it is that and that he's the complete antithesis and someone we get is you know probably not a Charlton fan but someone as I say who puts Charlton at the forefront of everything they do. Now, last night, there was a fans forum meeting uh, and the club put out an update because uh, Richard Murray, the director, attended the meeting and uh, gave some updates on the takeover. So, obviously, almost now, this is out of date. We were, at, yeah. at, at this morning, we were thinking we were leading the show with this, but so but it is almost out of date now. But there are certain things in there which um, you know provide in good information, which is something that's been lacking horribly over the last uh, four years. So, on the takeover... Uh, Richard Murray revealed that he signed a non-disclosure agreement, which, so he can't, which means you can't say names, you can't uh, re- reveal uh, you know c- certain things. But he says so, and he says he's not in, in touch blow by blow on it. But he says, uh, as far as he knew, we still had two interested parties. Uh, but he believed that one was far closer to doing a deal because they're very close on the price of Roland. Now, obviously, that adds up with what Rick has tweeted today with the information that's come out. Uh, today, uh, uh, Richard Murray reiterated that he felt that February was the, the most likely month, which obviously he revealed to the trust uh, two or three weeks ago, and then reiterated to the the, the club staff. I think it was last week. Uh, so that that fits in again with what we already knew. Uh, he also mentioned that you know Charlton lose a, uh, a substantial amount of money each month, as as would any club. So it's in, in Roland's interest to get the the deal done as soon as possible. Uh, now, uh, he was asked about Roland keeping hold of the ground or the training ground, which is something that people have worried about before because, I mean, any separation of a club from its ground always seems to end in tears, doesn't it? Uh, Richard Murray said that, to his knowledge, uh, the sale would be lock, stock and barrel. Uh, they wouldn't keep the training ground. Uh, and uh, the he also mentioned that the, the community trust is uh, the, the new... Uh, they realise for a club that any... any uh, Deal involved, yeah. The community trust is very important as well. So sorry, that's what you uh, said on that. And finally, he said, uh, would, "Would the new owners consider a move away from the valley?" And he says, uh, "From the talks I've had, it's never been mentioned." So that's, I mean, that will put a lot of people's mind to rest about the, you know, the two main things about the the club being sold, lock, stock, and barrel. So no deal that keeps the training ground under Du Chatelet's ownership or the or the ground under Du Chatelet's ownership, and also that no new owner would want to move the club away from the valley because obviously the valley is such a huge part of our of our history, possibly more so than than most other clubs with their home grounds. Yeah, no, definitely, and I think um, I think even though the, the the worry for me is not only like you said the the financial sort of sense of if he did keep the ground would he's still lingering about even though he's not there he would still be part of us even though tangibly isn't um, so yeah hopefully you know if he's quashed those rumours then that, you know that's grand because I mean for 45 million I'd expect then surely it's not just for the football side but yeah no it's it, hopefully that all that all happens and then um, we stay here for a long while because I don't think we need to move I think we've got a nice ground don't think we need to I don't think going to a massive 60,000 seat stadium is going to be much use. I don't think we'll sell it out in League One. Just yeah. <laughs> struggling to fill our one as it is. So, um, But yeah, no, hope, with those rumours quashed, it makes me feel definitely a little bit more comfortable. 
Now, Peter Finch tweeted in that the first three songs on his uh, radio show this evening uh, was at four o'clock was uh, Into the Valley, London Calling, and Mother of Kintyre. I know that because I saw he was going to play that, so I tuned in and listened. Uh, and I had a little smile on my face. I think he started his show by saying, uh, I'm in a really good mood today because I'm a Charlton fan. Good day to be a Charlton fan. And I agree with you there, Finchie. Steve Mummery says, Roland's tenure has been far from dull, and if the new owner uh, is uh, worse than him, then they would have to be a mass murderer. <laughs> uh, bye, Roly. <laughs> Don't bother keeping in touch. And I think there'll be a fair few uh, Charlton fans out there who mm. feel the same. Malk Warden says, so happy that soon Roland will be gone. I've already bought my ticket for the Shrewsbury game and planned at least four further games at the Valley to attend. That'll be the highest number since Roland took over and that's what we're seeing we're seeing people coming back already now Carl Robinson was uh, asked briefly uh, for his update on the takeover already he didn't have too much to say but I thought it's enough here to, to be worth listening to I've had, I've had 14 months of not being on what corner to turn uh, I've turned many corners and not known what's around the, around the side of it but it's uh, we, we're here to talk football and people above me will, will control I think you know, we had a statement yesterday I think Richard Murray met uh, some fans last night I think he was quite open and honest I think he's been quite good for people because I think now we've got a constant message um, when you think now that's been three which has been involved in since the turn of the new year um, I think that's a lot more than what you've had before well it's not for us to say it's right, wrong or indifferent it's just how we feel it should be done uh, I think what we, what we start getting is that people start understanding where, when and how a little bit more it's not, it's not a case of telling everybody everything because there's certain things in a football club you can't know because uh, of confidentiality things but there's certain things that I think are important that you do understand and I think Richard's been excellent at that being able to give being a, just very constant his messages and I think fans appreciate it but I hope they appreciate the honesty I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Chip ball, looking for the runner, Fosu, who's onside, Fosu, edge of the penalty area, can he get a shot away? He can and it's the opening goal! Tariq Fosu sprung the offside trap, gets his second goal of the season and Charlton's first of the evening and they're 1-0 up here at the Banksy Stadium.
Welcome back. This is Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio on a, a day where some uh, big news appears to be breaking uh, here at the club. Rick Everett tweeting that he believes the takeover is pretty much, well, it is a done deal uh, here. So we're waited, uh, all waiting with bated breath to find out who the new owner of Charlton Athletic Football Club is. Uh, and more importantly, when the old owner's gone and shut the door. I was, was kind of hoping that uh, I'd turn up to the, the car park today and find like a locksmith changing the locks. <laughs> but I don't, know, I don't know if that's how it works for football clubs. I know that happens when you sell a house. Uh, now, interesting news that, that started breaking uh, on the Mirror football website uh, shortly before we came on air is that Barnsley, uh, who obviously lost their manager to Leeds United, Heckenbottom, uh, the other day, uh, 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 putting uh, put Carl Robinson, the Charlton manager, on their shortlist now that you know you could put any they could put um you know they could put Jose Mourinho on the shortlist if they want I mean they're gonna get him but I mean you know throws a spanner into the works perhaps you know with, with the potential takeover coming would a new owner think well I want my own manager anyway would that make Carl think well got a chance to get a job straight away here and not be out of work if a new owner doesn't want me yeah I think so I think that's what they're I think they're dipping their toes in the water I think um I just think like exactly like you said it's a bit you know he doesn't know if he's coming or going yet if they just put it out and if they leak something out will he show an interest publicly don't know um, but you know you know he's my might we all know that there's a, I know there's a lot of people on Twitter that don't really warm to Carl which is you know that's more they're entitled to have their view um, but you know he's young um, he's he's been fairly fairly successful you know at MK Donson here I think he's doing a good job um, it's not like he's been relegated every year, year on year. Um, so yeah, I, I think he will start getting um, sort of interest from elsewhere because he tries to play football in the right way sometimes. So uh, yeah, I, I, I can't see it happening personally. Not that I know anything. I just don't, I just don't think he'd leave unless he knows that he's not going to be here. Um, I can see him wanting to stay. He started building something. He st- started to got a good squad. I don't think he'd want to leave, especially. I don't think that's near a hit. Where is he living? MK. I think that's yeah. yeah. London's near to MK and Barnsley, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so certainly, yeah. yeah. I mean, do you think he might be tempted by by the move? It's a it's a it's a step up into the championship. It saves him after worrying about getting promoted into the championship. Just go. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the money will will probably play a factor depending on what they're offering, but. Uh, like Nath, I think the main issue is the owners. Um, you know, if he's able to have a conversation with them, I doubt that that can happen yet. But if he's able to say to them, "Look, where do I stand?" Um, then, then we'll see. It'd be interesting if the owners say, "No, we want you. We want you to see this through." It'd be interesting where he sits. Then, uh, personally, I would again still want him to stay um, and sit, certainly see see it through. But. You know, like with any of us, it's the same stuff we said about Ricky and we've said about lots of players over the years. If uh, if you're in any job and the chance to to go elsewhere in a, in a better job for more money comes up, chances are you're going to take it. Um, you, as I say, I, I would hope he stays. But yeah, I mean, he's surely going to be tempted. He had a go at the championship, obviously, before and didn't quite work out. I think Barnsley are down there, aren't they? So he might have another mm. a, a tough second half of the season. Whereas... With us, he's got the chance, you know, potentially Wembley on the horizon and a, and a promotion. So maybe take that into account. But um, like Nath, I, personally, I don't, I don't think he'll go. Um, I think they're just using the, the takeover and the uncertainty as a chance to to kind of list him. Mm. Uh, on the Charlton Life Forum, CFGS says, if you don't have an interview with the new owner, then you have failed us. Uh, uh, <laughs> Roland's under the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going down there. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> 
think you're Get laughing. <laughs> Valiant Phil says, by the way, Carl, take Jack out with you and if we're in front with a few minutes left, bring him on uh, as an extra defender just to thought. I think looking ahead to possibly the, the game up at uh, Doncaster. Uh, right, so we've, we've been through what we know so far about the takeover, what's been uh, tweeted about it today. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep looking at <laughs> I'll keep Twitter open just in case it breaks while we're on air but I think it's unlikely uh, this evening now there has been some other stuff around the, the club today uh, and the first thing is of course that we found out uh, about Steffi Mavadidi's injury he spoke he were is, uh, went off during the the game against uh, who was it Oxford of course the the other day uh, this is what Carl has to say it's not great news we, we've, we've put out today eight weeks is, 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 a, is a time scale in some ways but uh when there's a tendon issue with the hamstring, I think sometimes there's not great evidence that can really support an exact date. Some will tell you 10 to 12, some will tell you 5 to 6, um, some will tell you let's, let's go in the middle and go 8. So, uh, so many different players will I'll recover so much quicker. It's not the same injury, it's the same leg, but a different injury. Um, so, we'll just have to see how he recovers and, and be more about the boys' recovery rather than what some papers may tell you. There's still not perfect evidence to say when, where, or how. So, uh, yeah, it's a bit of an acute one, a bit of a different one. But really weird since since we since the end of the year we've had uh, three or four injuries that I've only seen once in my career, very peculiar ones and different ones. I mean, our, our sports medicine science team have certainly done the same. So we, we we've got to get to the bottom of it because something we've got to find something. And it's not as if training's changed. It's not as if anything's changed. Um, but we've got to do something about it because it it can't carry on. Really, the amount of injuries that we're having. Um, Steph is maybe that he's not played much over this year and maybe he, he's played because he's played so well you, you want to keep him in the team but sometimes you've got to be aware of that in some ways that that might be the case but we, we'll, have, we'll, 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 we'll certainly dig into the data and we'll certainly see what we, what we find is right or wrong um, and we'll go from there Having been through it all before he must be devastated Yeah he is yeah but listen I think what he went through last time was 10 times worse than what he's going through this time so it's not like he's a uh, Hopefully we'll, we'll we'll certainly have him back for the for the for the last part of the season, which is which is the main part of the season. Uh, we we've obviously got Sule, we've got Reezy, you've got Tariq, you've got Marshy, you've got Zorro, you've got Nicky Jose, and you've got Josh McGuinness. So we're still very very loaded in that area, and you've still got like Rico who kept behind, um, who, who we know can do a job in a number of positions. So it's not like we're we're overly worried about the the players that we've got out. I can handle one or two in the season. We had six, seven, eight out, so it's, it's not that much of an issue even though he's a top player and he's someone that we're going to miss. That's Carl talking about Steffi Mavadili there. So they, they, they put an estimate out of eight weeks he's going to be out injured. Obviously, we lost him last season after just five games of his loan spell uh, when he was on loan here from Arsenal, uh, like he is this year, of course. Um, and uh, so now he's got another, it's the same leg, same hamstring, but apparently a different part of it. Uh, yeah. I'm no doctor, so I don't really know what that means. But it's sad, so but it says potentially up to eight weeks. So, you know, with the added spark, we've, been given since he's come into the club. I mean, that's just a, a, bit, a big loss again. I mean, thankfully we've got Fossu at the moment and mm. a couple of others who could play in that position. But uh, it's such a shame because Steffi's just really coming to his own since he's rejoined us. Yeah, it's, it's disappointing because if it is eight weeks, it's obviously February and March out the window, and then obviously you're going to have he's going to have to play a couple of development games to get him up to speed. But the only hindsight or the only good thing I'm taking from it is if he if it all does go to plan. He'll be back for that that the April uh, for the April games, mm. which, Tough which games. yeah, which we spoke about last week. You know, we got we got all the top four, Blackburn, the top six, in Portsmouth, there, which yeah, which could define whether we finish in that top six, and mm. it's in our hands. So yeah, it's disappointing, but like you said, we've got Fosu there now, and obviously Reevesy and Kai Kai 
Um, so we've got options. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the last few weeks, he obviously he was nominated for Player of the Month, wasn't he? So yeah. it just shows how how good great he's been since he's been back. And it's a shame, but it happens. Um, he's got to roll his sleeve up, and someone else has got to take their chance. Tom, uh, Carl's been talking about you know the, the injury crises we've had this season. We, we haven't seemed to have much luck. I mean, he's saying they're going to try and get to the bottom of it and try and find out what's causing it. Uh, I mean, because when, when you're getting this many, I mean, that, you must feel there must be some sort of underlying cause. Is it players playing too much? Is there you know something? I don't know something with a grass. I don't know. There's something. There's something going on. Is there? So remember, it, there must be something. A year or two ago, like you laugh about the grass thing, but I remember Arsenal getting loads of injuries and them looking into the the training facilities they had because it was happening. Like it may even be a link, obviously, with this now because he's, he's from Arsenal. But yeah, we have had a, a huge amount, and I think over recent seasons, it's, it's been down to the the size of the squad. Um, the amount of games that they have to play, but there there must be something else that, that it's down to. Um, I don't obviously know. We see the the brief behind the scenes footage every week, but I don't know how hard Carl works them as well, and they obviously have to to run a lot as players, so maybe that affects them. But um, yeah, it's a it's a concern, um, and it's something we need to look at. Um, I don't think it can all just be down to bad luck, but the the good thing is, like Carl said, we you know yes he's injured, but. We, we've got other players that can play there whereas earlier in the season we had six or seven out so you know we've got Clarky out of Mavadidi but yeah we've got Marshall we've got Zyro we've got Kai Kai we've got Reeves we've got we've got all these players that, that can do the job um, obviously I'd love it if Mavadidi was in there as well because I, I think he's been brilliant since he's come back but uh, at least we're a bit better stocked to cope with that loss now OK so disappointing by the sounds of it that Mavadidi is going to be out uh, for possibly up to eight weeks possibly more possibly less we'll find out uh, as time passes, right, let's have a quick break here on Charlton Life. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Catch and seize, but oh my god, he's gone for it, you know. Oh, what a goal! Oh, what a goal by Armour Catchy! That's almost at the halfway line. Unbelievable strike. That is outrageous. Right footed. Well, saw all the coffee's line. What a goal! Charlton Live. usual an electric atmosphere in front of a packed valley for this always emotional derby Charlton dominant from start to finish Julian Speroni denying Zeng Charlton were kept at bay until the hour mark but that's when Matt Holland's free kick found Luke Varney to send the home fans into a frenzy and with four minutes left the night got even better as Varney broke clear to fire home a second and enter his name into the club's folklore We were there takes us back to exactly 10 years ago uh, today when uh, Luke Varney's brace uh, helped us beat Palace now if you were just reminiscing there good night wasn't it yeah I remember we went, we went out to uh, went out to Greenwich afterwards and we was doing shot games and then um, <laughs> got my mate a shot of gin uh, which wasn't he didn't go down too well <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah. 
That's what I remember from the night, and then after that, I can't remember it. But yeah, I remember Varney. Varney was one of my favourite players, actually. Yeah, I used yeah, to he, like him. He was, yeah. a, he was a funny old player. He like, had a uh, habit of missing a lot of chances, but yeah. he, did, I mean, he did score a few goals as well. Uh, but it's just, I was shocked when I saw that was exactly 10 years ago. That's mad. Yeah. Uh, so that means we've been out of the Premier League for much more than 10 years. Yeah. That's sad, isn't it? Mm. Hopefully, the takeover will uh, get us back there. Right, we had an email. Uh, a couple of emails actually that have come in this one is from uh, from Dan I think uh, David sorry this is from David uh, Rodden says hi amigos uh, thought I'd uh, tri- uh, tip in a 4 or 2 on your man Robbo and in particular his love of the 4-2-3-1 it seems to me there is nothing wrong with that formation many teams employ it now but the issue for us is the way we operate it the key figure uh, uh, in successful deployment of the middle three is the central man the number 10 role he needs to be the one who links with Kashi and, and the, the Forster Kasky base and who receives the ball from the fullbacks in order to bring the wingers and central striker into play we have two players who can do it the injured Billy uh, and the so far underwhelming Reeves in their absence Robbley has regularly selected natural wingers to do the job Fossu and Ricky and, they're not, and they are not equipped uh, for the task uh, and he goes that's why I totally disagree with Nathan's support of Fossu in that role slagged you off yeah, I, 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 no, yeah. I, I, I think Fosu could do a job there, but I still, yeah, Billy Clark's the best player in yeah. that position. I think Reeves he drops too deep, but I think with the with the hand that we've dealt, I think put Fosu behind there. Mm. I just think because because he can get the ball and just drive at people, and I think that's well, why. Dave but, continues uh, as continues disagreeing with you. Says the winger's <laughs> instinct uh, is to put his head down and beat people, not to look to bring others into play. Seems a bit harsh. Uh, for Robbo for criticising Fossu for not playing in teammates in in a sense he's criticising Fossu for oh. being Fossu but him being uh, in the wrong part of the pitch well Robbo put in their solution yeah, I like this he says solution I don't just bring problems I bring solutions as well it's probably <laughs> to get Reeves in there and hope he plays nah. uh, himself into form he said he's feeling a bit he said he, uh, he just finished it off saying he's feeling a bit sad he's really going to miss the protest hope you will soon uh, come a waltz in Matilda with me firm handshakes all around and that's from DR thanks for that that's a great email uh, it's always good to have Nathan's views challenged on the show because mm. they're outrageous and wrong normally uh, <laughs> so, so thanks for that I had another message from Phil this is just a quick one actually saying hi guys with the club about to enter a new hopefully exciting time uh, under new owners would it be a good time to look at safe standing in the lower north uh, I've been lucky enough to recently go to games in Germany and France and the atmosphere created by young ultras behind the goal was amazing the pre-match and half-time entertainment was also far better than anything I've witnessed here Katrine was correct uh, oh, blimey uh, about correcting a, uh, about creating a far better fan experience however she yeah, oh, there, she forgot about investing in the team and alienated fans I'd never want to give uh, the Nigels down the road much credit but the ultras in the corner do create a good atmosphere uh, at recent times at the Valley I've noticed far, yes, long, uh, far less young people and they have to be energised and encouraged back to our clubs as discussed that's Phil from Elton interesting I don't know exactly what the rules are now I know that um, Shrewsbury have been talking about um trialing uh, safe standing behind the goal now, don't it, vague, from vague memory I think there's some sort of difference between the championship and league one mm. in terms of standing so, but I'm not certain the exact rules because Brentford seem to still be getting away with it and they've been in that league for a while now um, but I mean would you be I'd certainly be up for a trial if we're allowed to have one yeah I, I seem to remember that you had to maybe apply um, I, I'm like you I think there was a rule about it at championship and uh, league one I'm just trying to look now but it probably won't load in time but um yeah, I'd I'd consider it. I don't even necessarily think it's it's an age thing. Um, I think that there will be enough people around the ground, irrespective of of any kind of uh, aspects of diversity, who would be interested in standing behind that goal. Um, I do think you know I've been 
Peterborough back in the day when they had it, Brentford, like you say. Um, I've not done it abroad yet, but I've seen games abroad where they've got it, and it certainly does help the atmosphere. Um, it, it needs to be done properly, and obviously the, the new say standing with the kind of screwing seats seem to be the way to do that. Um, yeah, it would certainly be an experiment, um, and yeah, I think anything to improve the atmosphere would obviously be great. Uh, I knew you'd pipe up as soon as this came. Uh, Freddie says, Phil from Elton, just, who just messaged in uh, regarding safe standing, energised fans and great atmosphere, taking inspiration from Germany. You are my best friend. And I assume that uh, Freddie uh, thinks he's his best friend because, of course, he referred to Palace fans there. And Freddie oh, is course, a Palace yeah. fan. Oh, yeah, uh, Garmy, uh, our very own Mark, says, uh, no safe standing in the lower north, please. It's the only chance I get to sit down all week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in fact, and then all these just tweeted, in fact, saying there's an in-depth two-page article by the China Athletic Supporters Trust on safe standing in the Oxford programme, chaps. So I'll, uh, I'll have to dig that out and, and have a look. Uh, I don't actually get a chance to read the programme because I'm normally busy on a match day, so I'll have to dig that out. Right, uh, something else that came out of today's press day, which I thought was quite interesting uh, to have a chat about, is uh, Josh McGuinness. He got his first goal in, I think it was 15 appearances in all competitions on Saturday. Carl Robinson was asked... Uh, about his performances recently and whether he thinks that new goal will sort of be a, a big lift to his confidence. Oh, we, yeah, but forget take the goal away. I think I've said to you consistently now over the last two weeks, he's getting better and better and better. We uh, we hit high intensity meters for minutes and Josh has been top of the physical data in training for two weeks. He's been, him and Ahmed Cashy have been blowing our, our GPS sets out of the water. Uh, no, I thought it was Ahmed Cashy's best game. Take the goal away from the two of them. Them two have been top of our physical data for the last two weeks. I don't know what Cashy was doing in that position uh, but <clears throat> him and Josh I thought that's their best games of the season I thought they were they were unplayable um, Cashy reduced his touches he made more forward passes he made more interceptions he made more challenges he loves playing alongside Jake cause he feels that Jake's obviously played a number of games and when Cashy goes he knows he's going to have that Experience to sit underneath the ball a little bit, so and I think Josh is listen. Josh has been a, has been outstanding all season. Okay, he's not scored enough goals. We know that. That's 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 what he will be judged on fundamentally. But I, I, there's other elements that we have to look at these players on, and he's uh, to, to go through all of the speculation on Wednesday or Thursday for them to train the way he did last week amidst all of that, and to come up with the goal. When you see the goal, when uh, their fullback makes the mistake and Jada Silva retrieves the ball. Josh is still a good 30 metres from where he can't make contact with at least six players in between him and the goal. He runs past everyone and head down, chest up and away he went. And I'm so pleased for him. Um, and let's just hope that's a start of many. So interesting words from, from Carl Robinson there. He sort of said what I think I said on, on Sunday show, which is, you know, his performances recently, if you if you just ignore the goal he scored on Saturday, they've, they've probably been of similar levels over the last few weeks. Like, he's working hard, getting involved, his link-up play and all that. He's just added a goal to it. All of a sudden, everyone's remembered, oh, he's, he, does other, he does other stuff as well. But it's because he scored his goal that people are now sort of lifting him up again. Yeah, yeah, completely. And... I think we've defended him a lot on this show and we've come in for criticism for that and you know ultimately he is going to be judged by his goals but the work he's put in for the last 13 14 games where he hasn't scored has been phenomenal and and yes it's not enough and Carl's admitted there it's not enough he needs to score goals um I don't think he was any better in terms of his performance at the weekend than he was at any other game but he got on the end of a uh, a cross and got his goal and um yeah, he needs to build on that now. He needs to go on a little scoring run and get five or six over the next few games. Um, 
if he can do that, you know that that goal drought will be quickly forgotten, particularly if we end up winning a few of those games and work our way up the table. So, yeah, I like what he gives the team. Uh, you know, I'm in agreement with everyone who says he hasn't scored enough goals because you know there's the proof is there that that hasn't been good enough. But I do like the way he works, and at the moment it's not like we have an alternative that we could put in there necessarily. Maybe Zyro now, but um, yeah, I was just so pleased for him at the weekend and. And like Carl, hopefully he can go on a bit of a run now. Mm. I mean, strikers do get judged by their goals, which is of course why a lot of people have been saying what they've been saying recently. So I mean, do you, I mean, do you, do you think Josh has got it in him to score more goals than he has? Because if you look at last season, I think he got ten or, or, or so, despite having injuries for, for a reasonable spell of it. This season, you know, at the start of the season, he was on absolute flames. He must he must have scored six or seven goals in the, in the first few games, along with a couple for Northern Ireland as well. So do you think that this one goal will now? Propelling back to that goal-scoring form that we saw early on in the season. Well, well hope so. Um, but yeah, it's a, like we've said, we've had this conversation millions of times of what he offers and stuff. Um, and let's not let's not be around the bush. He's he's created a lot of chances for other people who haven't taken their chances early in the season. Every week it was okay. Haven't taken our chances. It's not like it's only Josh that has missed his chances. It's everyone. But yeah, I agree. Hasn't scored enough goals, and hopefully it can. But um, obviously boost him on now, and obviously try and get a couple more because we need need to get these wins and try and cement our place in the top six. So. Um, a little bit of competition now with Michael Zaro, maybe I don't know, but. Um, yeah, hopefully it could be a start of something. So mm. just to get his rewards, like he said, he puts all the effort in, in training and stuff. Just need that little bit more luck. Right, I found the uh, article in the program about safe standing. Uh, basically, is is from the trust. They said apparently they, they, they did a survey, and apparently eighty percent of respondents were in favour of the idea, but only forty five. But forty five percent said they didn't feel sufficiently well informed, uh, which is why there is a, a two piece spread in the program, which I'll make sure I read uh, when I get home to find out uh, a few more of the rules, and maybe we can talk about it as well on Sunday. Right, let's have a quick break, and then we'll start gearing up to look ahead to Saturday's trip up north to play Doncaster. Jackson, is it? Right, we had a message from the China Athletic Museum actually the other day uh, saying they're, they're, there's a particular item that they're trying to get their hands on, a few more of. They're looking for half and half. Uh, ski hats from the 80s now it's ironic actually that everyone slags off um, the half and half scarves these days but these half and half ski hats seem to be a, a bit of a thin back in the day so you, I've seen people wearing them it's Charlton on one side and then you might have Rangers they said they've got a Rangers a Celtic and a Brazil one so far so they're looking for anyone if anyone else uh, has got a spare half and half ski hat from, from the 80s uh, any any type really Charlton and anyone else uh, if you uh, if you remember them as well, but <laughs> he says if you have any you want to donate to the museum, the museum are looking out for those. Right, Saturday we make the uh, longest trip up north to the Keep Moat Stadium. Uh, well, that's the last thing I've heard it being called. I don't know if they change the name again to uh, to face Doncaster Rovers, looking to uh, get back on the winning trail after last week's disappointment at home to Oxford. Carl Robinson, of course, was uh, previewing the game very briefly today with uh, Tony Hard and with Clive Yorton. We got a very very difficult game on Saturday against Adam. And I know his teams are very, very well prepped, very well coached. Um, he's an honest person who knows the game inside out. And uh, his teams are always one of the most difficult challenges that I come up against. So we'll, um, 
we know we, we, we've got to be at our best and, that, and that's, there's no excuses whatsoever. You go to Doncaster on Saturday just hoping to, to bounce back to winning ways? We go into every game off the back of a win to win the next. So off the back of a negative result doesn't mean we have a different next outcome. It's the same approach always, otherwise we don't do any. If we, if we have different approaches to different games, from a mentality and a work ethic, I mean, he's done the last one of the service. So, no, it's the same, same back to work as usual and back to working hard and back to a very difficult away game. What a difficult week. Uh, very, very weird. Obviously, Doncaster be a difficult test, but we Oxford have been dead and a manager change. We also, Doncaster, Bradford have had a manager change by probably the time we played them. MK Dons have had a manager change. Um, obviously that would be a strange one for me as it always is but there's an um, yeah I think I think four of the f- three of the four I've opened the managers before we've played them so it's not the same team maybe that people expect the same outcome and that always throws and what the difficulty that gives to us is you just don't quite know what shape or system or style they're going to go with so our plan and preparation becomes a little bit disjointed because of that so we have to focus more on ourselves and the opposition Carl, very briefly looking ahead to the, the games coming up, of course, including this Saturday's game at home to Doncaster. Covered Enquirer actually sent us a DM saying, drinking game, take a shot every time Carl Robinson says, in some ways. Which, I mean, you'd be absolutely a battered very quickly. Old, yeah. yeah, tough old press conference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if we're actually allowed to drink in the press conferences. I've never tried, but I will <laughs> uh, on Saturday and get absolutely smashed every time it says, in some ways. Right, big game, Saturday. Mm. You're not going, Tom. Nathan, you're no. going. Mm. Uh, you've got a terrible excuse, Tom. Yeah, I'm going to England Wales instead. Yeah, that's literally so, not a real sport, no. rugby, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll crack on. Uh, I mean, it is a big game. I mean, obviously, after the disappointment of last week, now the disappointment mm. of losing Steffi Mavadidi, um, it's going to be interesting to see a how we line up and b how we react to that. that, that I mean, because it wasn't the worst performance in the world on Saturday. No. I mean, it was very slack defending at the end that cost us our three points and then our our point. Yeah. Uh, so how we react to that is going to be interesting. It'll be huge, and like I said to you before before we went on air throughout the the game on. Saturday I was under the assumption that we were just going to win it's very rare that I feel so confident but I wasn't nervous and then got sucker punched right at the end and yeah I thought we were going to be coming into this on on the back of four straight wins and and we haven't but as you say it was it was very bad defending and and we let ourselves down at the end but on the whole we really we should have won that game Um, but Doncaster you know I've just had a look and they haven't won this year um, they've drawn I think drawn five and lost two mm. um, so it's not like they're on a great run of form um, I'm glad you said that stat because I, I'll get rinsed for saying stats so I was <laughs> going to go. tweet that at some point tomorrow they haven't won yeah. all year so uh, that... you'll get more stick than I will so <laughs> don't worry about it yeah. Um, but yeah you know they're down there they're mid-table as well um, if we can just kind of ignore the last game and think back to the fact that on the whole we are on a good run over the last five or six games then then there's nothing to fear and we can go there and get three points. I can't remember the, the, the game we played against them at the Valley Nafe, if I vaguely remember it being a fairly even but not, not that exciting encounter. The, the only bit I can remember is when the referee got knocked over. <laughs> is that when, did Josh score by Edda? Was uh, it 1-0? Yeah, I, well, I think it was Fossey with the early goal. Yeah, from, from I think it was 1-0, so, yeah. but yeah, I think it was Fossey. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah I mean, it was quite cagey. Yeah, it? So quite cagey. I mean, do you expect more of the same up there? I mean, <laughs> yeah. and in, in terms of team news now, so we know we're going to miss Steffi Mavadidi, who's been starting the last few games. Now, which way do we go with this? So, does Sully Kai Kai come straight mm. in to start? Now, bearing in mind that when he played his 20 minutes last week, he, you know, he look, looked a little bit off it. He's had another week's worth of training now. Does that does that change the decision? There's someone else waiting in the wings I, that you, you put on instead. I think I think Reeves will get another go. I think he'll have Marshall and Fosu out wide, and then you'll have Reeves in the middle. I assume. I don't know. Unless I, I'll be surprised if he does start Zyra or um, Kai Kai. But 
who knows um, but I think they're, they're, they're a big team I think I think we had um, like we always do at every team at home you have that Marquis coming over to our full backs going for the diagonal ball so that's going to be another challenge in itself mm. um, it's going to be yeah they're, they're quite an organised side even though you said well Tom said the stat I won't put it on your doorstep but he said it <laughs> about a stat they're still you know they're still the home team they're still anything can happen um, so it's going to be a tricky game uh, but I expect Reeves to come in. Yeah. And in um, terms of central defence now, because it's something something we talked about. Maybe there was a lack of experience there. I mean, it might be we might have been being harsh. We might have just been picking the easy targets because they were the central defenders. But I mean, Patrick Bauer was on the bench last week. Do you think he comes in for one of uh, of Conza or Lennon? I'd say for Lennon. Not no disrespect to Harry, but um, well, I mean, was, you've just said he shouldn't be playing. Yeah, <laughs> but that's yeah. But I think you give him a little rest or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but no, listen. I mean, Harry was out for a while, and he's played quite a few games since the turn of the year. So well, since South End, wasn't it? So, mm. but um, yeah, I think it was evident we did lack that sort of that experience at the centre half, and I think I'd expect Paddy to come in and partner Rez. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think Harry's done okay. Yeah since he's been in but it's not not exceptional but yeah. I think pa- pa- if Paddy's fit out of all the centre apart from Jason Pierce, you've got to play him in my opinion right so you're going to line up a cashew back bet at some point over the next couple of days yeah because so we'll, I don't know what the team's yeah, going to be we, we'll so I'll do that it Saturday sorted. morning or something so we'll do that Saturday yeah. we'll work out how we want to do that now but let's have some predictions for the uh, the trip up to the Keepmo Stadium Tom go first 4-0 honestly um, so I missed Northampton at home we smashed them I missed the Warsaw game at home we smashed them and I'm missing this so 4-0 4-0 2-1 2-1 to Charlton yeah I see 2-1 late winner from the new owner comes on scores everyone loves him brilliant <laughs> get fans on side straight yeah. away <laughs> Roland own goal is yeah. their goal yeah. <laughs> right so this uh, I think we're just about uh, coming up to the end of the show now don't forget we will be back on Sunday whether anything interesting happens between now and then. We don't know whether uh, anything interesting happens in times for next week's big match preview. will be uh, interesting to see. But uh, thank you for joining us here on uh, on Charlton Live. Uh, don't forget uh, the quiz tickets. Just finally, the, the, the quiz is going to be on the 26th of February. I understand the tickets are sold really well. So if you want to come to that, you need to act fast. Go on to the club website. All, of, all the, uh, the money, of course, goes to Prostate Cancer UK. Uh, the, the quiz is going to be at the Marriott Hotel in Bexley Heath on Monday, the 26th of February. Carl Robson's going to be there if he's still our manager. Uh, <laughs> Paul Heckenbottom <laughs> might be there if he, if he decides to leave Leeds and come to Charlton or something. But we'll, we'll find out. Anyway, this has been Charlton Live, the big match for you. Thank you for joining us on what could potentially be a very big day for the club. We'll be back on Sunday evening. My name's Louis Mendes. Thank you for listening. It's the final